0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Andy Herman of the Packet 8 Podcast. I'm here to tell you about TickPick. TickPick should be your very first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Pack-A-Day podcast and the Blue Wire Network. 20 minutes a day, 365
2: days a year, this is the Pack-A-Day podcast. Welcome in to the Wednesday edition of the Pack of Day podcast. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Dusty Evely. With me tonight is Sarah. No, Steve, unfortunately. We missed you all last week. Uh, you know, Sarah was busy with work stuff, and I was busy with with screaming my lungs out at a sweaty rock show. So we're, in a way, we were both doing roughly the same thing. But it's good to be back. We miss Steve, uh, but it's good. I uh, know I feel good being back. So, Sarah, how are you doing? I know the game was less than ideal, but uh, how are you doing today?
3: I'm great. It's cold for Florida right now. It's in the 40s and 50s here. So that's cold for me. And I'm very happy about that. I'm through my work event and everything went really well. Um, I'm off today, Wednesday, when you guys are listening to this. So um, I'm feeling great. I'm like ready now to just enjoy the holiday, talk some Packers. And you know anyone that's been listening knows I've kind of been stressed and with work and everything and now things seem like they're slowing down a little bit so that's nice especially during the holiday season
2: yeah for sure yeah i'm 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 around the same i was not don't <laughs> have nearly as much going on as you did at work last week uh i'm glad you made it out alive and okay uh you know the game this past week was less than ideal but it didn't hit me that hard and i'm i mean i took all of this week off so uh so i'm 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 living life, man. I'm still checking in on some work stuff, but for the most part, man, I'm, I'm free and clear and I'm, I'm living real nice. Say living real nice. I got up at like six o'clock this morning to take my kids to school and it was 19 degrees outside. So it's still like, you know, not perfect. Uh, but you know, we're doing good. We're doing good. Uh, so let's, let's touch on before we get the news and notes. Sarah, what were your thoughts on the game this past weekend? You know, it was it kind of was a bit up and down and then ended, you know, obviously in a loss, but, uh, but do you have any major takeaways or any thoughts from that game?
3: Yeah, the major thing was that it was just a little too late. Yeah, uh, you know, the Packers—they really kind of felt like they were sleepwalking through parts of the game, especially in the first half, and particularly on offense. And then in the second half, things really started to heat up. I think you know they scored on four straight drives or mm-hmm. something like that. And but it was just too late. It was like, where was this earlier? You know, the Packers needed to just kind of step it up right from the start and. Oh, the old defense was back. I did not miss them. They did not look great. Um, So I'm hoping, you know, it sucks that it was a division game. You know, if you lose Mm -hmm. a game like that, you wish it was just, you know, not in your division, but what can you do? I still think that they'll win the division and that things will be fine, but obviously huge game this week against the Rams. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're going to play kind of crappy, hopefully you get it out of your system and then you can bounce back against a really good team uh, this weekend.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it feels like they went big play hunting early. Uh I know the, the Vikings were susceptible to that. So it feels like they leaned on that uh, maybe a little bit longer than they probably should have. Because like I said, they was they they did four straight. They well not counting they had a one play kneel down to end the first half. Uh but but you know, they had the Dagora touchdown in that two minute drill to end the first half. And then they only had they had three possessions in the second half. One of them was a one play seventy five yard touchdown possession. That's all they got. They got three possessions. They scored touchdowns in every single one of them. So, I mean, I, I do feel like if, if anyone came down with one of those cousins picks, if there wasn't the, mm-hmm. was the, was it Kiki got called for the roughing the passer that took one off the board. And if Savage had, you know, held on to the one in the post that, that kind of hit him in the hands and got knocked away or the one in that last drive, like we'd be talking about this game way differently. Like they had defense didn't look great, but they had chances at turnovers and wasn't there. So it, it He said, not great division, but it didn't, it didn't kick me that much. This loss didn't hit me as much as I, as I kind of thought it would. Uh, the Vikings have been playing good ball. And yeah, the defense, defense just got bodied, man. It happens sometimes. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna move on to news and notes. I mean, the big one in this, you know, super sad, Sarah, the news has come out that, you know, it looks like Matt Nagy's not gonna make it out the week, uh, with the Bears. You know, I, I, I just, for me personally, like, you need to give a guy like that 12 years to install that system. You know, you really need to give that guy time. They're not letting him, you know, maximize his vision, kind of make it through the other side. uh, So that, like, it sucks. Um, But, yeah, in in all seriousness, uh, it does look like he's probably gone. Um, And that sucks for Packers fans. And you also never like to see a guy lose his job. Um, So it also sucks for him and his family and all that. But, Sarah, what were your takeaways from uh, from, uh, just the weird way that this is announced that Nagy is likely gone?
3: (laughs) It was just so. I don't want to say out of the blue because it's not like the Bears are some great team, but usually it's kind of hinted at. You know, mm-hmm. Rappaport or Schefter um, or Palocello. One of them will say, like, "Hey, we're hearing things," or you know, "There's tension in the locker room." And then you maybe you don't hear about it for a few mm-hmm. weeks, and then there's a really ugly loss, and you're like, "Oh, remember those tweets? Yeah, let's talk about that again." this was just kind of out of the blue. I went on Twitter and I'm you know, scrolling through my feed and then all of a sudden I see that and I'm like, what? Okay. I like, I get why, but also what? And I have the same kind of initial reaction where I'm like, no, they need to sign him for a lifetime contract. Like this is, this has to be a thing. Um, so it isn't surprising that he is probably out as the bears coach because they're not very good. But it is surprising the way it kind of went down and how sudden it happened, at least to me. I don't know how you feel, Dusty.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Opening and just seeing like, well, he's probably not making it past Thanksgiving. Well, That's a weird thing to read. Like you said, like I assumed he wasn't going to make it through the year, but... I don't know what they accomplish now. I mean, unless like you said, unless they've lost a the locker room, that was the McCarthy thing when McCarthy was gone and he'd been there a long time. It was, this just isn't working anymore. And the locker room starting to turn and it's just ugly. And like, we just, after the Cardinals game, man, they just couldn't make it out. Like this is like before a game saying probably not going to see the other side of this game for a mid It just, it's, it's weird. It's really weird. So if they feel that it's in their best interest, that's fine. It's just, it, it felt very sudden. Well, at the same time, inevitable like it was happening at some point i just didn't expect it to like two two days before a game hey he's probably not going to make it out of the week this is weird that i should not be reading this um and we're going to move on to uh, to actually something, something sad and also, I don't know, slightly heartwarming, I guess. Um, you know, obviously, hearts go out to everyone impacted by the tragedy of Waukesha, like just an unspeakable yep. tragedy. It was announced uh, yesterday that J.J. Watt is pledging he's going to cover the funeral costs for all of the victims of that, which is, I mean... For all the things that you want to that you know, people want to say about the guy, hits up. It's he has a huge heart, and he has a huge heart for for the community, for the state of Wisconsin. Um, you know, clearly his home state. There, so just just hearing that, seeing that he's pledging to do that is just it just it's tremendous. And at the same time, it's something that like, it, it's not unexpected at all. Just, just given what Watt has done in the past. So uh, really, really just amazing gesture from Watt there. Um, yep. And uh, again, I mean, hearts go out to everyone impacted by that because it's just, I can't, I can't even imagine just um, to, to slightly lighter topics, I guess. Uh, if you've not read it, our buddy Matt Schneidman over at the athletic wrote a tremendous piece on Devonte Adams it came out yesterday, I believe uh really really awesome story but kind of starts with uh i think a thanksgiving day, day game or a th- thursday night game um that adam's just absolutely had a terrible game and basically said i hate football and it takes you through like his childhood his history his family and kind of the his his story and his rise through um so sarah just what were your thoughts on that story it was just i mean Schneidman did a tremendous job with it um what were your what were your thoughts on it overall
3: yeah, I mean, kudos to Matt. It was really well done. And if you aren't subscribed to The Athletic, right now they have a sale where you can literally subscribe for $1 a month. So this is the perfect time to do it and read that Devontae Adams story. Um, it was really just a deep dive into a guy that as a Packers fan, you're like, I think I know, you know, a lot about this person. Um, we've seen a lot of features on him, kind of his story, you know, he was a basketball player, turned football player, all that. But this was just so much more. And it really, his mom was heavily involved in the piece and their relationship was highlighted a lot and how it's kind of come full circle, how he, you know, always thought his mom was, or not thought, but his mom always was, you know, protecting him and looking out for his best interest and making sure, you know, he was okay and safe. Um, and now he kind of returns the favor and it's like, I have know this life where I'm able to take care of her and my family and it's really just kind of unreal. So it it was also just kind of a perfect story and I'm not sure if Matt timed it like this but around Thanksgiving too because thankfulness and just being grateful for what you have and love and family were just really common themes throughout the whole piece. Um and yeah, you can see why he is the way that he is and A lot of Packers players, current and former, were featured. You know, James Jones was in it, Aaron Rodgers, Lazard, um, Derek Carr, a lot, obviously, since they played together at Fresno State in college. And all of them, you know, say the same thing. He's a freak. He's so dedicated. He, you know, he's a terror to play against. And uh, it was really just an exceptionally well done piece. And I definitely would check it out if you haven't already. Um, and it made me just respect him even more. Um, you know, I already respect the hell out of Devonte, and it also makes you go, all right, yeah, he should go get paid. He should go get all the <laughs> money in the world. Um, and that's just kind of how I felt after reading it.
2: Yeah. Devonte had that comment, I think before the season started and they asked him something about maybe a holdout or something going on that contract. He wasn't going to get it, And he was like, man i came from zero dollars like whatever i make it now like you know i'm gonna work like i hope you know i hope i get paid i hope it's here but like i'm not holding out because i came from nothing and so you got that i mean just earlier this year and sort of to read that story with that as like setting the stage uh tremendous job and like sarah said if you're not if we're, we're not getting paid for this but if if you're not subscribing to athletic already like you said the tremendous time to do it and just it's worth the price for that story alone um but there's just a ton of good stuff over there so if you haven't already read that piece uh to other news and notes um this one this one sucks man uh elton jenkins officially moved to ir Uh, yesterday uh after you know i think all of us when we saw that he set and there was non-contact like okay that's he's he's and we hope for the best but that's likely his acl and and it was so I mean, Jenkins, the one guy in that line at this point that's like, we can't lose Elton Jenkins. Elton Jenkins is gone. Uh, IR, done for the year, likely, you know, the bulk of next year. So that sucks. Uh, So to, you know, bring someone up, they brought Ben Braden up to the active roster. Um, I thought Braden, you know, of, because it was basically as Braden, Runyon, and Newman. I thought Braden showed a lot of good stuff in preseason. You know, he kind of can get beat up at times, but as far as a guard, like he's a vet, he's, you know, he's done some of this before, he's seen some things. So. As a guy coming in and, uh, and, and just, you know, looking to contribute, you could do a whole lot worse than Ben Braden. So, uh, you know, I can't say I'm excited to have him up, but to have a guy like that at the ready to bring up that you know can contribute and do something like that's, I don't know, not necessarily a luxury. It's not like Ben Braden's like a pro, pro bowl guard or anything like that, but it's better than nothing, I guess. I mean, it, it, these circumstances are not great. Um, but it's, it's the best you can do under these circumstances. And the corresponding move as well. They, they signed John Dietzen, uh a guard to the practice one. So you've got that kind of filled in. So Sarah thoughts on, I mean, you you made a noise, so you've already made your thoughts known, but thoughts on uh, <laughs> this Elton Jenkins, Ben Braden move here.
3: I mean, the Jenkins thing just sucks. It, it just sucks. That was definitely the worst part of the game. Like worse than the loss, worse than anything. Seeing that. I kinda of had the same reaction, Dusty. Like he fell over after he stepped with no contact. And I was just like, oh no, yeah. it can't be another one. It cannot be another one. And sure enough, it was. So obviously, you know, wishing him the best in his recovery. And um hopefully Bakhtiari is back soon. They're kind of, they're going through the same injury. One is just starting, the other is hopefully coming out on the other side soon. But yeah, like you said, not an ideal situation. They kinda have to do what they have to do and this is really just a formality more than anything. They you know, they need to sign someone, they need to bring more players in the mix and ooh, I am nervous <laughs> about the line on yeah. Sunday.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think we, we all have our eyes on the offensive line as if it hasn't been enough, enough shuffling already. Uh, just another reason to be worried. Uh, so we talked about Bakhtiari. Uh, it sounds like they, he did have a scope procedure on his knee to kind of clean out some stuff. But, you know, as uh, Rogers mentioned on McAfee yesterday, and I think there's a couple other reports as well. No one has a clear timeline on this, but they're saying uh, no setbacks on that so far uh so i know some people have been kind of hoping you know after they activated him off the the pop list that maybe he was he was gonna or ir i can't remember which which one he was on that maybe he's going to contribute right away like it's still it's an acl terror and it's (laughs) different for every person and he's a big dude and sometimes it takes a little longer so uh, i think the hope now is that he's back after the buy but no one knows we just know there have not been any setbacks um the news on zadarius per Aaron Rodgers was slightly less than that. It was basically like, we, we hope he's back at some point. I think you mentioned Jair as well. Like Jair's doing well. Um, you know, they don't know when he's going to be back, but, you know, I guess things are progressing pretty well. With Jair and, and Zedarius was, we hope he's back. So, it, I mean, just that's about as vague as you can get. So hope to get back to Bakhtiari back after the bye. Those other two guys, who knows, but we're all just just fingers crossed. Uh, I guess, I don't know. Last news a note, make of it what you will. Buck Aikman and Aaron Andrews are going to be on the call for the game this weekend. So most people will get it. That's the national team there. I happen to like Joe Buck and I tolerate Troy Aikman Uh, and Aaron Andrews is very good at her job. So I'm fine with that team. Um, Sarah, do you have opinions on Joe Buck and Troy Aikman
4: and Aaron Andrews?
3: Yeah, it's fine. I mean, I love Aaron Andrews, Joe Buck. He's kind of grown on me over time and, uh, but I, I don't know. I get annoyed with Aikman sometimes. I feel like he's so hard on the Packers more than any other team. And as you know, a fan in me gets upset. I'm like, why, why are you saying those things? And yes, we know, <laughs> like you don't have to say it out loud. Sometimes we get, we get it, but it'll be fine. I mean, there's certainly a better group than others. So it's not the worst thing ever.
2: Yeah, Aikman, Aikman at times, like, is, uh, makes really good points. He sees the game in a very interesting way sometimes. Other times, he's, he's overly critical. And there's times, man, you can just, I talk about this with my brothers when watching the game. There's times where, like, he's just, you can tell he's two words into it. Like, it's going to take him two minutes to make this point. I already know where he's going. Like, I know exactly where this is heading. So it's hit and miss with him, but I like Buck a lot.
3: Was it him or Buck? That said daddy on national
2: television. No, that was, was Aikman. Like, yeah, yeah no, Aikman called like, Joe oh, Buck daddy, I think. It yeah. was
3: like, give it to me, daddy, or yeah. something
2: like that. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I just remember I'm sitting there, you know, I have my laptop in front of me. I'm typing, taking notes for the game recap, and I hear that. And I just kind of paused. I look over at Bailey, and I said, did he really just, did he just say that? Am I hearing things? Or was that a real thing that just happened? <laughs>
2: yeah, no, it was not a great moment for anyone involved. I certainly do not like it at all. But yeah, there's our there's our news and notes. We're gonna lead us in, Sarah. As always, Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee on Tuesdays. I watched some. I was it was refreshing how much football talk was involved. Uh, but you watched the whole thing, Sarah. Give us uh, give us the rundown on some of the McAfee stuff.
3: Oh yes, he did not just talk football with Pat McAfee and the boys. Aaron Rodgers puked football. He vomited. It. That's he just that's all he talked about. Um, it was a lot and. I do have to say it was a little bit refreshing to hear some of that than some other nonsense that we had heard the last few weeks. Um, but they did kind of talk about a little bit of everything. But definitely check it out because they talk for a long time, and I don't want to sit here for thirty minutes and try to recap it all. So I'm just going to take some of the highlights. Basically, um, they asked you how do you feel about a loss like that, and he just said, "Well, at this point, we're on to the next already. Um, you know, it sucks." Um, he thought that he was actually, they were in rhythm, the offense at the beginning of the game, which I'm, I don't know if I totally agree with, but I guess they're the experts. So I don't want to argue with them. Um, and he mentioned that, you know, a couple plays just got away from them that, um, but that he agreed kind of what we were saying before that they played well in the second half and they just couldn't close it out. Um, we kind of, got a little tiny bit more information about the toe mystery and what's happening there and how Aaron Rodgers sustained a toe injury while he was in quarantine. Um, So we don't know a lot of information. We know that it's more painful apparently than turf toe. Um, It's also apparently the pinky toe, which is interesting. Um, And he said there are definitely, options that he can consider different treatment plans, but the one that he will not consider is sitting out and that he will play through this. Um, even if, you know, in the off season, he might have to get surgery or something. He's going to play through it right now. Um, he said sitting out is not an option. So that was definitely interesting to hear. Uh, McAfee and the boys asked him, hey, How much do you want that bye week? And he just kind of smiled and said, We need to get healthy. Um, so thank you, Aaron Rodgers, for stating the obvious th- um, there. He also talked a little bit more about the game and specifically the defensive scheme that um, Zimmer and the Vikings came out with and how they're historically, um, you know, they apply really good pressure. And his words, he said, really we can't say this word on the podcast, really effing good pressure uh, throughout the day. And that, you know, it was a lot. He mentioned that Everson Griffin rocked him a few times and that um, he saw them coming on the one touchdown to Devante later in the game. And he was just glad that he looked up and saw Devontae do something crazy and was able to get the ball off um, because they were coming quick at him. He also mentioned, which I thought was very interesting. The, little bit of uh, misunderstanding, as he quoted with Anthony Barr back in 2017, and how, you know, Barr landed on him, broke the collarbone. He thought he kind of flipped him the bird and was chirping at him afterwards. He said in 2018 that they talked about it and kind of patched things up. And now that they're really just past it and that there's an ingrained respect there since they play each other so often. He kind of mentioned the same thing with Kendricks. They've all been there for a while. You know, they play twice a year. Um, So I thought that was very interesting because I'm still not over that. And every time I see Anthony Barr, I'm like, (laughs) oh, it's Anthony Barr. So I'm glad that Rogers could could get through that. Um, They also did talk a little bit about Uh, Ted Lasso. Apparently, Rodgers took McAfee's recommendation. He watched it and he really liked it. So, you know, we're big Ted Lasso fans on this podcast. So that was nice to hear. And he also talked a little bit about how he really, really missed the guys when he was in quarantine. And I thought this was interesting. He mentioned, you know, he got a glimpse of retirement this offseason and what life could be like after football. And, he said for a lot of guys, including him that have been so close to the game for so long, that that can be really scary. But now he, he enjoyed that time. He knows what it's like. He kind of got a sneak peek into that world. And he said, I'm not scared of life after football anymore. Um, but that he so glad that he came back because he loves the guys. He loves the team, the locker room and all that. And he just missed them badly during quarantine and was really desperate to get back with them. so, Again, kind of a good sign for the future and maybe Aaron Rodgers potentially staying. It seems like he loves his team. He loves the guys. And if the Packers are able to maintain, you know, a good chunk of those guys, I think it would be really hard for Aaron Rodgers to walk away and go somewhere else because he loves some of his teammates. And obviously he loves his coach wearing that our coach is hotter than your shirt, which was amazing. And then the last thing was, of course, the Aaron Rodgers Book Club, and this is week 12, and Rodgers had, you know, he he had given us a few serious picks. We know um, we talked about that, and he said he wanted to lighten the mood a little bit this week, and he did so with Welcome to Dunder Mifflin, which uh, the guy that plays Kevin in the office helped write this book, and also uh, the guy that adapted the series for the U.S., since it originated in the UK, so they wrote this book together. Um, you know, Rogers is a huge Office fan. He was actually in The Office. He said that during you know 2020, beginning of quarantine, he actually watched The Office twice. So um, I'm sure a lot of us can relate to that. Um, and that was that was pretty much it. He actually did play the guitar at the end, and Pat McAfee's face was priceless when he actually. He played a few chords, not a lot or anything crazy, but the fact that he actually stayed and played Pat was like, oh, my gosh. So definitely go check that clip out. It's pretty funny, but good week. Lots of football talk. And trust me, there was a lot more than what I mentioned, too.
1: Packers football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Packer tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need is your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Recently, I was just able to pick up tickets to Packers Vikings in Minnesota, going to be heading west for that game, attending my first game in the new Vikings stadium, cannot wait for that. Let me tell you, it was so incredibly easy to use TickPick, no awful service fees, I cannot recommend it enough, and the easiest way to do so is by going to tickpick.com slash packaday today to save $10 on your first order of Packers tickets or any other tickets that you want to purchase.
0: Just go to indeed.com/slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: Yeah, I watched, I didn't get chance to watch all I watched some of the clips that were posted, and I know he talked about the touchdown MVS and kind of how it was set up by some of the stuff they ran earlier. And I just I love anytime Rogers really gets into you know, that's not even like super nitty gritty, but in the, in the somewhat of the nitty gritty of, uh, the play set up and why it worked and what he saw. And, you know, talked about Harrison Smith and how good Harrison Smith is at disguising that stuff and how he knew like the boundary corner was not going to, to sink back because he didn't on the earlier play. And like just all of these little things that, that, I mean, it's amazing to me, you know, you listen to that and you hear him talk about this and he's referencing plays from five years ago. And you just think of like all of the thought that goes into. The pre snap and then post snap as well, like all of that, that he's talking about and he's kind of walking people through now. All this stuff happens between the pre snap. What's he, what's he seeing? And then the post snap as well. So just that, you know, you got to see that in the moment. So, uh, always that high level look there is always just, just incredible to me. So whenever he starts getting into football, uh, and talk about why things work the way they do, I, I sit up and it's sit up a little straighter and take notice of all that stuff cuz it's it's super super interesting. So, I'm very happy to have that back in my life. Uh just just some more just Aaron Rodgers nerd football stuff, man. I just can't, can't get enough of that. Uh all right, we got a game this weekend, Sarah. You know, we, we talked about a bunch of stuff. I had to look up um you know, I'm not afraid to admit, I had to look up to see who it was against because I I roughly knew who it was and like 5 minutes before we were, we set record. I was like Oh, it's the Rams, right? Like we're facing the Rams this week. So uh, Packers are facing the Rams this week. Uh, Rams are good. And as always, you know, we look at what the Packers offense is, uh, what we're looking for against the opposing defense. So... Uh, Sarah, you just talked for a while. I'm going to kick us off with what I'm looking for here. Uh, I'm looking at just how, I mean, it's kind of broad, but how they attack this Rams defense. You know, obviously this Rams defense was the number one unit last year under Brandon Staley. And then Staley went, you know, took the head coaching job out in, uh, with the chargers. They're still a top 10 defense. You know, we've still got Aaron Donald wrecking stuff up front, Leonard Floyd off the edge and Jalen Ramsey. And they lost a couple guys, but they're still a solid unit. I think they're, uh tenth against the pass, seventh against the run, I think eight overall or something like that, uh by by Football Series DVOA. So top ten unit, still very, very good. And you know, roughly, it's gonna sound boring. I think it's it's you know, just their patience. How do the Packers show patience? Because what they've shown so far, you know, we know Aaron Jones is out. I don't know how that approach is gonna change. Uh, you know, Dylan, Dylan looked good. I really like Dylan, but I do think they missed something with that kind of the the Mm-hmm. Dynamic ability that Jones gives them, even with I like Patrick Taylor, but I think him and Dylan are similar in some respects. So, that's where they really miss someone like Kylan Hill as well. So, even that pony package, it, teams are not respecting them nearly as much, I don't think. And, and so, I'm curious to see what they do there, but they're going to have to lean on the run. Uh, one thing the Rams will do is they'll show, you know, a lot of what they did last year, start with a lot of too high looks, and they spin down to get that safety in the box and allow those early downs. So they show you a light box to, to kind of like, Hey, run into this. Isn't this look nice? And then, and then they'll just, they'll board that up. And so still good against the run, even though they show those light boxes early. And so that's something to look at and the Packers need to, and this is where it gets tricky, man, because the Packers are going to likely need to run on that run game. Be patient. allow of that quick passing game, how does the run game look with that offensive line kind of dinged up it, it, the, those holes that used to be there might not be there might not be as big and but they're gonna have to stay patient you know last year in the playoffs that big gain was was lazard and that was a schemed up thing off of they kept running that same kind of wide zone crack block with lazard over and over again and they finally jump it and lazard takes off downfield so I think they're going to have to do something like that again. It's not going to be bombs away like it was against the Vikings. I think it's going to be a few strategic schemed up shot plays. And I'm just, I'm curious who that guy is going to be because the easy answer is going to be MVS because he's fast, but, in the playoffs, it was Lazard. It's, you know, playing off those tendencies. So is it going to be, is it going to be Deguara? You know, Deguara caught that touchdown last week and he's maybe back in Roger's good graces a little bit more. Is it going to be Deguara? Is it going to be someone like Daphne? Is it going to be Cobb? You know, EQ got some run this past week and I thought looked really, really good and did some nice things as a blocker. I think it's how are they going to, you know, if Lazard isn't back, how are they going to kind of manufacture that? Who's going to be in that role that they're going to kind of set those plays up up for? So really it's, it's, are they going to be patient? Are they going to kind of stick to that run game, short game, quick game that kind of, that they weren't doing until late in the, against the Vikings? And when they set that stuff up, those strategic shots, who are those going to? Um, I, I, maybe it's just, maybe it's just the Degora fanboy in me, Sarah, but I, <laughs> I really hope it's Degora kind of, kind of on one of those, uh, those design shots off of a run look or something. So that's, that's kind of what I'm looking for. It's not, not going to be an easy game. <laughs> I don't think I don't know anything about football at this point about what teams are good, or, but I don't think it's going to be an easy game. Um, but that's kind of some of the stuff I'm looking for. What, uh, what are you looking for in this game, Sarah?
3: Yeah, mine is really simple. And it's just how the O-line protects Aaron Rodgers. Uh, obviously, they're banged up. No Bakhtiari still. Jenkins is now going to be out of the picture. And they've already been struggling the last couple of weeks. Um seems like at times Rodgers Roger, either, either has all the time in the world or he has no time and really no in between um so i'm i'm a little nervous about this you know especially with against the rams you know they have donald and other really just talented guys on on the front there and um they like to apply pressure and get to the quarterback and get in, in your face and that's something that is really bad timing for the packers even if you know they had a little bit of time to get healthy for the bye and they played the rams after that would be a little more ideal, but hey, this is the schedule. They got to take it, as they say, one week at a time. These are the cards that they've been dealt, Um, but that's really what I'm going to be looking for and how they're going to protect Rodgers, and that kind of leads us right into our prop bet for the week, too. Um, So, no prop bet last week since we were all um, out and about, but this week our prop bet is specifically about protecting Aaron Rodgers and how the Packers are going to do against the Rams. So, Um, The Rams are sacking their opposing team's quarterback uh, on average of 2.9 times per game this season. And the Packers are allowing an average of 1.8 sacks per game this season. So our prop bet will be um, over under two and a half sacks for Sunday. So, Dusty, what are your thoughts here?
2: Um. Well, I tried during the, during our off week to, to burn the records here. And so we were starting anew and we didn't. So really it doesn't matter what I think, Sarah. I'm, I'm going to go under. I, I mean, all signs to me point to the over, especially as we just talked about the shuffling on the offensive line and Jenkins going down and Bakhtiari not back and all of the stuff that goes into that. Um, I do think they're going to try to lean into the run game a little bit, um, which, it, didn't work all that well against the Vikings. You know, the Vikings kind of stuffed that up pretty well. And so they did have to go to that. But I think it's, be, to me, maybe it's just, I don't know, the, the romantic in me, looking back at that Eagles game, um, it was that 2016, I guess, when the Packers went in there and it was the number one pass defense and Rogers just shredded them. And it was, it was quick game and it was matchup. And that ball was three step, five step, seven step and out. Uh, and so to me, that maybe again, just the hope in me, get the run game set up. Go quick game. Bring them up with a quick game. They had a really good plan in the playoffs against them, and then take them deep when the, when you need to take them deep. But I don't think we're going to see a game with Rodgers holding the ball a whole lot. He did that against Minnesota. I think this is a game that that it's going to be on them to just get that ball out. So I'm going to go under, which means the, the Rams are going to sack them like ten times or something, based on how my season is going. Picking these, but I'm gonna I'm I'm taking the under here.
3: You'll be pleased to hear that. Both Steve and I are taking the over. So,
2: yeah, Yeah, book the over.
3: (laughs) So Steve sent us his pick a few few minutes before we started recording, and I'm also going to take the over. um, Just because I'm like I I talked about before, I'm worried about this. I I think the Packers can definitely win, um, but. It's going to be a dogfight. They're really going to have to fight in this one. I'd love to see um, what you were just talking about, Dusty, if they just shred them like they did the Eagles a few years ago. I remember watching that game at my apartment and just how awesome it was. And um, That's what we'd all love to see, but we never know with the Packers. So, Just an update um, for our records for the prop bet on the year. Steve is still kicking our butts at 7-3. and three. I've officially reached 500 at five and five and Dusty is two and eight. So we'll see this weekend if he can get one game closer to us. All right. And as always, we're going to close out the show answering your questions. So thank you guys uh, for sending in some lovely questions like you do every week. Our first question is from Daniel Kotnik, and he wants to know, what should the standard Mississippi blitz count be during backyard football? Is three too short? Is five too much? Dusty, what are your thoughts here?
2: We always did three, um, but it was three in that it wasn't rushed. You had to count it out. You, had, you played against some people. It was like, one Mississippi, two Mississippi. No, 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 you're not doing that. So the way we did it, it was one Mississippi, you know, say it out loud, count it out like pronounce every syllable uh and you got one no mississippi blitz per drive i think it's been a while since i've done backyard football but three mississippi you know i don't know five five mississippi no what no like what offensive line am i playing behind there like this no i'm not i'm not just sitting back there biting my time waiting for something to come open i still have to make a decision so three mississippi is how we always played.
3: Yep. I agree. When we were growing up and my cousins still lived in Florida, we would play every Thanksgiving um, when we all got together. And it was always three Mississippis. But yes, as children, everyone was like, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, and did it really fast. So standard, the rule should be like a real one um, that's not rushed. But I agree. And I think five is a little too much, especially if you're actually doing it the right way. Our next question is from Matt Pickett. Um, He has a two-part question. The first part is, I just bought Packer stock. It made me want to do the same for other things I love, like hugs, high fives, and warm, melty cookies. If you could buy stock in something for which it doesn't exist, what would it be? And then an obvious food question, what's your favorite drink on a hot day? So I'll go first, Um, and I feel like this is an easy kind of like bait question for us because Oreo does not have stock, and I would in, buy stock um, in Oreo if that was possible. They're one of the most recognizable brands on the planet. They're not going away. Everyone loves them. They have consistent you know, revenue coming in. So I would go with Oreo because I love them. Um, and then obvious food question for Matt, favorite drink on a hot day. I, I, would, I could always go for a good smoothie on a hot day. Um, I pretty much will drink any smoothie. Um, and it's always just really nice and refreshing, especially when it's hot.
2: I'm buying stock in puppy breath because it's a, a, just adorable. Uh, and on a hot day, uh, lemonade, probably. I don't know if I'm sitting on the deck or something like uh, like, a, like a summer beer, or like a shandy or something like I'd really get down with. But yeah, just give me give me some some cold lemonade I'm, or, or sweet tea, like like southern sweet tea. Just just drench that stuff in sugar. I'm good to go. <laughs>
3: Alrighty righty, then. Um, and our last question this week is from Brian Hartstad, and he wants to know what currently injured Packer is most critical to the team's success going forward. And then what makes a good leftover Thanksgiving sandwich? Um,
2: there's just, there's so, so many injured Packers to choose from. Just a veritable who's who. Um, I'm going to go Bakhtiari. Uh, just, you know, Jenkins isn't coming back. You know, he just got injured. So I kind of, I removed him from the equation. You know, obviously the defensive guys, but Barry has shown that, I mean, they were getting pressure. They're getting pressure with with Preston Smith, Kenny Clark playing out of his mind. And then uh and then you the guys, you know, Spider Garvin was playing like fifty plus percent of snaps and and doing decent. Like their their method is less like shooting the gaps and more just compressing the pocket. And they've got the bodies to do that. Kingsley Kiki's been doing pretty well. Uh, you know, Dean Lowry's been playing well. Uh they've they've got they've got bodies. They've got enough to get a pass rush. So someone like Z, um, I don't know that they need, it'd be nice to have him, um, you know, or Sean Gary, obviously, but they can make do. And same thing with the defense. Stokes got roasted, but I feel like they could, uh, you know, Justin Jefferson's an animal. Like I, I feel like that's. Defense is is not great, and it'd be nice to have them back. But I think if this offense, this offense, the, this team goes as far as the offense can carry them, the off the defense being very very good is awesome. But if the offense can't get rolling, if the offense can't find a rhythm, th- this team is not Super Bowl contender. And so I think getting Bakhtiari back, solidifying that left side of the line, especially with Elton Jenkins out, uh, I think that's that's the best way to kind of get this offense back up and running the way they need, to, they need to be going. And the defense will be good enough, I believe. So that's that's kind of where I'm at. For me it was it was bhaktiari and I mean the second it's Jair, but honestly it's very fairly, fairly distant for me. I think it's bhaktiari by a mile.
3: And then what makes a good leftover Thanksgiving sandwich?
2: Ham. Smoked ham. Like just just give me that. I don't, even, I don't even care about anything else on it. Just 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 ham on bread or just ham by itself and just just give me all of that.
3: All right. Um, I'll answer the questions backwards since we're talking about Thanksgiving sandwiches already for me it's the sauce that you're putting on the leftover sandwich because sometimes it can get too dry and you have like a roll a dinner roll and then the turkey or ham whatever you use and it's just a lot and then it's really dry and it doesn't taste as good so if you have turkey sprinkling a little gravy on top of that And then ham, I know sometimes there's like a honey glaze. Mm -hmm. That kind of takes the leftover sandwich to the next level. You know, a lot of times you're heating these things up in the microwave so the food gets dried out. It doesn't taste as good. You know, bring a little sauce in there and it's a game changer. And then you took my answer. I was going to say Bakhtiari. So I'll go with and just because – I still don't know if I trust Kevin King fully Um, and Stokes is really coming into his own and he's looked really great. You know, he's made some what you could call rookie mistakes uh, here and there, but I think having him and having Jarier in there and them being together would just be wonderful. And I would like to see that. I do agree that Bakhtiari is kind of the number one person that they need to get back, especially with Jenkins just, you know, tearing his acl and being out for the season um but jarrier coming back would also be really critical to the team's success um so that wraps up our questions thank you guys um for sending some in dusty uh thanksgiving this week tomorrow actually for Mm -hmm. when everyone is listening Mm -hmm. to this um do you have any thoughts about thanksgiving final thoughts in general would love to hear them
2: I love Thanksgiving. We're doing two this year for reasons. Just Our family can't make one. So we're doing one small one at my house on Thursday, and I'm smoking a turkey, and I'm smoking a ham. Nice. And I had plans to make some uh, – I think it's, it's Hasselback potatoes, I think, on the grill, uh, which I've never done before, and I'm hyped about that. So – it's going to be good. I mean, I've got no plans other than just just eat an ungodly amount of food, um, which is good. It's going to be a good Thanksgiving, is my understanding. So, and then Saturday is with the larger family, and I'll be making pumpkin pies and stuff for that. So it's it's going to be good. Um, Final thoughts, just just the stuff I'm working on, man, I guess. Uh yesterday over pack report I wrote about the two Preston Smith sacks uh from this past week, which was which was nice. One was just like a straight bully move, like he just kinda disengaged and just shoved Kirk Cousins in the shoulder really, really hard, and he fell down. It just it felt meaner than tackling him. We just kinda like a one hand shove to the shoulder knocked him down. Uh that one got me pretty good. Uh and then today a pack report, I've got one on uh the Haas concept, uh the Packers running that and Henning Deguar on that on the Second and 20 to set up a manageable uh, uh, third and eight end up being. Uh, so I've got that. And then today also at Cheese TV, I've got uh, the Passing Chronicles, which I go a little EQ heavy on. I think four plays, but t- technically around six plays. And I kind of look into... Just some stuff that EQ did on a couple of those, which I think he, you know, had a really nice game. I think he's, he's still somewhat limited, but with the ball in his hands in space, he does some really nice things. So we got to see that on display and it reignited my love for EQ from this past week, which has never really gone away. Um, it's always kind of been there, but it's exciting to see that. So that's going to be on Cheesehead Head t- today. And I'm also kind of just, I'm, I'm pumping out as many as I can of just some, just some YouTube stuff. So I've got a YouTube channel all this stuff's relatively rough and I'm just walking through usually one or two plays a pop and trying to keep them under five to six minutes of just, uh, just kind of walking through a place instead of writing about it and doing all that. I kind of, talk my way through it and draw on the screen. So I'm sure there's lots of oohs and ums and I don't know what's happening here and that kind of thing. Um, but it's, uh, I think it's working well. I kind of, uh, I'm enjoying kind of doing it. Uh, it's kind of a quicker way to get some, to get to more plays that I wouldn't necessarily have time to. And some people seem to like the video aspect of it and they can follow along more than writing. So I've got a couple of those up now. And I think more of those are going to be coming later in the week. Um, a lot of stuff, man. A lot of, I took the week off of work. So I'm just, 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 Trying to roll through all this, man. What about you?
3: Um, I'm, I'm excited for Thanksgiving. Just do some. I'm doing something very small with um, my parents and my grandma, and i I think my brother and his girlfriend might swing by, but just us at my parents' house. Um, but excited to have that time. It's always wonderful to go home and see everyone, and I also love just the food and everything. So, looking forward to that. Um, and I'll have my recap up um next sunday hopefully after packers win um and if you missed it i was on the aj dillon show on monday um over at cheesehead tv and it's up on youtube so definitely check it out it was a really cool show i continue to be impressed by him not just as a player but as a person he's a really Mm -hmm. cool guy and he's super super nice um but that's pretty much it you know Thanksgiving is always a time to reflect on what you're thankful for. And we're thankful that we have opportunity to do this, that we've met and, you know, developed friendships through, you know, podcasting, writing, and talking about the Packers. You know, Steve isn't here with us um, and he hasn't been able to join um, the last couple of weeks, but we are so thankful for him, for our group together. And of course, for you guys, for supporting us, sending in questions, listening, leaving your views it really means more than you probably know. And I'm really thankful for that and that we've been able to do it as long as we have and looking forward to the three of us getting back together. I'm sure that episode (laughs) is going to be just bananas since we'll have all this pent up tension and hot takes to fire at each other. (laughs) Um, But thank you guys. You know, we're, we're so thankful. It it sounds corny, but we're thankful for you. We're we're thankful for the packet a podcast and that we have the platform to do this every single week. So that will wrap us up for this week for the Thanksgiving week episode. Um, for those of you that are celebrating, whether you're doing something small or large, we hope you guys have a great time that you stay safe that, um, and you spend it with the people that you love and care about. Uh, we will see you next week. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Packaday podcast at Dusty Evely at Sarah Kelleher Four, and at Steve Perhatch and Hopefully the Packers come through with a win against the Rams this this week. So we'll talk to you guys soon, and as always, Go Pack Go!